0: The Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. I am your host, as always, Ron Cabuno. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's the 25th of October, and we've got a really special show for you today. Well, it's the beginning of the school year or thereabouts, and I wanted to come on with a very special episode about critical race theory. I know it's a hot button issue, especially on the right nowadays, but I wanted to make sure that we didn't talk about it on this show until I had the right guest on. So today I am welcoming on former candidate for the Ohio State House, Mr. Chris Stanley. He is also, very importantly, a teacher in the Youngstown City School System. And that is going to help us inform our conversation about what is and what isn't being taught in schools today. Again, a lot of the time, the answer is somewhere in between. People on the left want to say that this country was founded with the original sin of slavery in mind as its principal guiding force. And people on the far right would like to say that we don't even need to worry about addressing any inequality that has come from slavery. And not only that, we're really not that much worried about the history and the legacy that slavery has wrought on Americans, black or white, to this day. We just have to move forward and say that nothing bad has really ever happened to a great degree. Obviously, the truth is somewhere in the middle. We'd like to know what exactly is being taught in schools today regarding the bad news about our country's history. And it turns out there's very little of it. But also, we'd like to know what people are so angry about possibly entering into the curriculum. What could be so damaging that they would not want their kids exposed to it? Well, we cover that plus a bunch more on today's show. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Okay, thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Chris Stanley. Can I get your title, please?
0: Yeah, hi. Well, thanks for having me, Ron. So yeah, my name is Chris Stanley, and I am a high school social studies teacher in Youngstown City Schools at East High School.
1: That is fantastic. Thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, what I'd like to cover today is going to be super easy and a great uh, baby steps introduction to your time here on Mahoney Valley Daily Podcast. It's going to be critical race theory. How does that sound to you?
0: (laughs) It sounds great. It sounds great. This should be a nice, easy uh, conversation with no controversy.
1: Oh, good, good. I appreciate it very much. But I mean, hopefully in one of our upcoming uh, talks together, we can talk about, what is it? The Kids mm. to Capital project that you have?
0: Classroom to Capital, yes. Classroom Absolutely. to Capital. So
1: I would love to talk about having more civics in the classroom and more civics education and hopefully more civics education for adults in the future. You know, So I, I'm really happy with what you're doing with the youngsters.
0: Uh, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll... we'll probably dive into it a little bit today and like you said on subsequent shows maybe we talk about it more in depth that'd be great
1: okay I mean yeah so let's get started uh why do you feel it's necessary why are you brainwashing the kids
0: (laughs) yeah I guess let's just get into it right um okay I am so first of all let me just tell you I taught constitutional law for four years at Ohio Dominican University Uh I am a social studies teacher in an urban district okay we are 95% 95% minority students, and uh, so when people are talking about CRT being tied the schools, I feel like they're really directing it at me. Um, the problem is that until this summer, I had never once heard of critical race theory, never right. even heard of. It. Um, but all of again, a sudden, everyone is saying that I am now white and I am a racist automatically. What happened? Yeah, I I, I don't understand where this came from. So. I actually got a call from uh, someone who said, hey, what's going on with all the CRT? And I had I asked, I was, what are you talking about? I literally had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, then when they were started diving into it, I said, this sounds like a graduate school studies program for something, which turns out it is. Um, I encourage everybody here listening, go to the Ohio Department of Education. From the Ohio Department of Education's website, you can look up all of the standards that are caught, taught in K-12 in our entire state. Go to the social studies, seven twelve standards. What you will not find is anything related to critical race theory. <laughs> well,
1: Okay, so I understand that that is mainly because it is extremely high-minded in concept, and it's not for anyone below the graduate level to even be diving into. But I would like to frame this conversation in the context of what is said to be being taught by people who are opponents sure. of CRT, what is actually yeah. being taught, and then maybe what should be being taught. Because sure. the question here is, what is wrong with the supposed fairy tale? Where are the chinks in the armor? Where where, yeah. where has the fairy tale version of America gone wrong and steered us wrong and steered us from the truth in the past and in what we might be doing currently?
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I think this goes to, are we teaching history or are we teaching a narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For far too long, uh, history education in the United States has been a narrative, that a narrative of, you know, the nation, with the blessings of liberty, everything's great, everyone is equal, there's, you know, liberty and justice for all. Sadly, that's not true. It's not true here in 2021, and it has never been true in this country, liberty and justice for all. That doesn't mean the United States isn't an exceptional country. It doesn't mean that we have amazing heroes from this country who have advanced the cause of liberty and justice for all for everyone. Of course we have. Because it doesn't speak to everyone. The history is, it has ups and
1: downs. It has heroes and villains. And I think that you have to be able to stand up to some criticism. I think that we have to be able to look at the lowest points in our development and learn from them and not just whitewash them.
0: I completely agree. And let's look at one of our you know, foundational documents. So let's talk about the Declaration of Independence for a minute. Um, people know the opening paragraph, they know the concluding paragraph, but I think people conveniently forget that a lot of the body of that paragraph, all of the reasons, you know, in school, we kind of frame it as a breakup letter to King George, right? Because it kind of essentially is, right? Um, a lot of that, some of the charges that Thomas Jefferson wrote against King George III are bringing the evils of slavery to America. That is part of the reason we decided to declare our independence. Go read the Declaration of Independence. Don't take my word for it; it's all right there. So if you're telling me that our founding fathers thought that you know slavery was so wrong, we had to declare ourselves independent from England. Why is it then that they are beyond criticism for when they had the opportunity, they didn't end slavery either, right? Thomas Jefferson said something to the effect of slavery is like holding a wolf by the ears. We can neither let go or hold on because we will be devoured.
1: That's right. And that's where you have that um, maybe some would call excessive criticism of the founding of the nation in the 1619 project. You have the blowback to that taking her extremes and then saying that none of the criticisms being levied are valid at all. So maybe the country was not founded to protect slavery, but it was our original sin. And it was something that we baked into the knowledge of our founding as a flaw and something that we were working towards eliminating through legislation as soon as possible. Right. or 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 so that's that's what the better part of me likes to believe i like to believe that in westward expansion not including those as slave states and then hopefully working towards some sort of consensus with the south you know and and giving them some kind of enumeration for what they were going to lose in terms of labor or whatever but right. i i have to believe that it was on the founding fathers mind that this is almost a necessary evil right now, and we have to look at it as an evil looking backwards.
0: Right, a hundred percent. You know, I, so when I talk about the Constitution in my government class, for example, I like to talk about Frederick Douglass a lot because Frederick Douglass um, always saw the Constitution as a document for human liberty. You know, he didn't see it as something that encoded slavery into it. And, you know, as it's changed, it certainly is one of the most amazing documents in the history of the world as far as individual liberty and freedoms um, from government oppression. But, you know, (laughs) I think that um, also Frederick Douglass wasn't afraid to call out this country for what was happening. You know, in his famous speech in 1852, you know, what to the slave is the 4th of July? I get chills every time I hear about it. You know the the crowd is there. They invite Frederick Douglass. Um, they are abolitionists. They're like minded, right? But he gets up there and he starts making them feel at ease and talking about the great founders of liberty. But then he stops. And he says, "Why did you invite me here today? Do you mean to mock me? This holiday is yours, not That's mine." Perfect. And he goes on, and he goes on to describe the horrors and the evil of slavery. And he says, "There is not a nation on earth more guilty or more guilty of practices." more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. And he is 100% correct. I think part of our problem with the people who don't want to address this part of our history is they don't really know and have an understanding of how absolutely horrifying the system of slavery in the United States was. You got
1: that right. Because you don't get into it in detail. Things are... If you look and say to yourself, well, my grandmother was alive during the Depression and her grandmother might have been alive if she was here during the Civil War, you can get back to that time period and understand a like-mindedness with another human being who had to walk the earth while these types of laws and institutions were in place. So problem number one with people who are opposed to looking at critical race theory broadly as they like to put it nowadays is that they want to say that the individual is being called a racist when all we're trying to do is hold the institutions and policies to account that are basically holdovers or you know being perpetuated in a current state right so yeah i think i think that's one thing but check this out imagine if like because this is I, i forget what it like Pelican Brief or something where McConaughey or something where he's like, imagine if she was white.
0: Oh, so and that it, was a time to kill. Time to kill. Whoa. Yeah.
1: Right. Like you, and your mind is blown right there because you're painting this visual picture. And if I'm a white person, I'm probably imagining a white person. It's just how it works. And then you, you flip the script and then you're like, Holy shnikes. Cause we're keeping yeah. this one PG anyways. But so what I wanted to deposit <laughs> to you is this. Someone said to me, why is it that we always teach slavery from the Black perspective? And this goes right along with what you're talking about. How, how accurately do we talk about the deeds? So if we talked about it from the white perspective, we don't say we were a people that was oppressed, and then we were a people that were freed. We would have to say something like this. We would have to say... We were a people that enslaved others. And then some other folks of similar skin type and different moral turpitude said that we were no longer allowed to do so. And we have either been trying to get that power back by any means necessary since, or holding a grudge in any way we can since. So, like, that narrative is never taught because that is actually the overwhelming narrative. Like, if you look at the majority of the populace, who who belongs in which camp, which whose narrative needs to be told to them more more appropriately.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that was very well put, you know, but that that's I've never heard that argument, but I'm sure it's been out there to me. That's the most absurd thing I would ever like. How do you expect to learn about the enslaved people, and what they went through if you don't take them to their accounts? Right. I mean, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. That's how we learn through all of history. We learn about the signing of the declaration through the viewpoint of the founding fathers that were there, right? The way they wrote about it and the way their contemporaries wrote about it. That's how we learn about history. And so to me, that's just straight up racism right there, right? You don't wanna hear about that because they're black. Just say it out loud, stop making excuses for that. And that I think is what's so frustrating about this. you know, th- this whole thing about critical race theory just drives me crazy, again, because they want to have this narrative. So the narrative that I think these people want is the United States is the greatest single country in the history of the world. Rome would have said the same thing. Many civilizations would have said the same thing, that we were put here by God, and it's great. Everything's great. Yeah, we used to have some problems, but now we're fine. And That's provenance.
1: you're absolutely right and it is very similar to the uh narrative of christianity and so both of them really do falter when held to account at their weakest points in their narrative yeah but um if they could learn to roll with the punches and maybe go with the best of what's been given to them and understand the faults you know it it I hate to say it, but we've come into a place where we are in two camps a lot of the time on the extremes. We are either in the never forgive or the never apologize camp. So a lot of people would say people on the left are in the never forgive camp. A lot of people would say that people on the far right are in the never apologize camp. You have to be able to do both so that you can meet in the middle because otherwise there is no talking to be had.
0: You absolutely have to. And let's just look at Thomas Jefferson, for example, Of that you can you either want to deify Thomas Jefferson or you want to completely demonize him when really, you know, listen, he's a very flawed man who was a genius and fundamental in some of the most uh, important documents. Don't forget, he also helped author the Universal Declaration of Human Rights uh, in the French Revolution, too. You know, so this is a man who put forth some of those amazing documents, the highest lived in, of ideals, highest of ideals, who also enslaved over 600 people and impregnated his 15 year old slave in Paris, France. Correct. You know? And so I think that we just need to address both. Both of those things are true about him, right? He <laughs> you, was you know what absolute- I
1: think is unfortunate is that you're looking for this, perfect person and then again you find the most flawed person let's say on the other side and no one can find fault with him or if you want to say that barack obama was the most squeaky clean black person to ever hold public office and they still found him to quote like you know smell like sulfur when he leaves the podium you know or you know like bush it was just like all right this man's the devil and he's led an exemplary life every waking hour that he's been on the earth so you can't win, right? So it, there will be flawed people. There will be Pablo Picasso's, there will be everybody. And what do you do? Can you separate the art from the artist? That's a tough thing to do. And sometimes there is a dividing point where you say, this person had the best of ideals and the best of ideas, but maybe it gets overshadowed by his personal misdeeds or whatever that
0: may be. Absolutely, you know, we're, we're trying to create a more perfect union, right? We're not a perfect union. We haven't, uh, uh, been given a perfect union, but I'll tell you what, like we're trying to advance there. Like that's, that I think to me is what's so inspirational and great about this country. Is you know, we can say, Man, we've made some mistakes. We haven't even talked about the genocidal campaign against the Native Americans that were here, right? That oh, was no. part of our policy. <laughs> we haven't done that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Right. But and I did so talk a little bit the, about that recently during uh, the Columbus Day episode, because there's time to be <laughs> yeah. to be spent on what ended up happening through that miraculous discovery of the new world. Right. Um, but so like yeah. all right, it, so I would like to I would like to move now to the final part where we can talk about what they're probably trying to do to get in the way of maybe talk about what should be taught in schools because you tell me um i'm not a teacher i'm not in the classroom when are the most divisive concepts in american history introduced to students when is slavery introduced things like that
0: so if you're so really when you get into the american history curriculum you're talking Seventh grade, you do ancient world history. And then in eighth grade, you start with the era of discovery and exploration, 1492, up through 1877. And then we also you do the Ohio history, history.
1: history, right?
0: Ohio history in elementary school, correct. Yeah, fourth okay. grade.
1: Oh, fourth grade. I think we right. did it later. We
0: think we did it in like. I did it. Grade. And I when I was in school, it was seventh grade.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that makes yeah, more so sense because it's. I don't. Whatever. It's a lot more. <laughs> it makes a. It's tough to grasp, like that local yeah. history, because you start from right. broad and then you start zeroing in as you get older. Right. And I'm thinking about a seventh grader trying to understand world history. Well, obviously, you're not going to do persecution. I mean, but like, right. what <laughs> what bad news is in the textbooks, so to speak?
0: For for eighth grade, you're talking about sermon eighth grade. Um, anywhere, yeah. What are some instances yeah, so, of really bad bad news that's in a textbook? Well, I mean, them? it starts with Christopher Columbus. I mean, it does. I mean, you know, we we have to talk about Columbus again. Very similar to Thomas Jefferson was Christopher Columbus ahead of his time, highly advanced, courageous, brave as hell. Absolutely, of course. Oh, no, he was. I
1: know. I, I understand. But, well, what we should be talking about, but what? Yeah when do do they ever talk about things in a negative light
0: oh i see what you're saying so um really okay so oh no there's no negativity with that with christopher columbus and the exploration um it's kind of framed as almost just war and disease you know um yeah. but it really there's nothing too controversial until you get up to the civil war and okay. then there are sections on um you know you you do study slave narratives you do talk about harriet tubman of course Mm-hmm. and their reason for secession. Um, but it's very, I guess, whitewash probably is the appropriate term to use here because, you know, none of the curriculum in Ohio high schools have you examine the declarations of independence that each southern state uh, put forth. Seven, if they did, what they would see is that seven of the 11 states directly mention slavery as the reason they're seceding, and the other right. four allude to it without saying the word slavery. Okay, and then, and then so,
1: even more importantly, you have to go more recent than that when you talk about Reconstruction and oh. how Jim Crow found its way into the South. Like to right. understand where our present is, you have to backtrack. And the problem is, is that there's always this gap from the far past to the present, where those intermittent steps are so yeah. crucial.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, our uh, I think that if these people who were crying about CRT would actually look at our curriculum, there is not a lot that is controversial at all in there. And that's right. what is if you just took it from the letter, well, they'd get a pretty blase version of history that's not near what the truth was. When you talk about reconstruction in school, there is you know, for example, have you ever heard of you know the North Carolina situation in the 1800s where a white mob, you know, mutinied and executed black elected officials, or right? You don't hear about that. You don't hear about that in New Orleans when black soldiers who are protecting the rights of minorities and other, you know, Republicans and army people to vote down there massacred. You don't hear about these things. You honestly don't. I had, I am one of my biggest things I am ashamed of, Ron. So listen, I have a master's degree. I'm a history guy. I know guy. where it's co- I know
1: right? where you're going. You're talking about, you know I'm you're talking about Tulsa, Tulsa and massacre? Watchmen.
0: And Watchmen. Right? I watched the watchman, okay. okay? So... <laughs> and I just started Googling, and I literally my mouth hung open. I was like, How have I been through all of this? But school? you and might like, be the have never... third person
1: I've had on this show that we've talked about that, okay? And that and, and I don't have slouches on here. These are you weird learned folks right. who try our best to understand. But if it's if it doesn't take much to have it erased from history. If you take it away out of the verbal narrative and no one's allowed to speak its name ever again, next thing you know, if you're the one writing the textbooks, it's not in the written narrative either. So it is literally gone and erased. And it doesn't take much. It takes maybe a generation and a half for that to happen. It's crazy. And, and to and think to that it happens, it's, it feels like you're unearthing Pompeii. It, it, <laughs> right. It's like this was here the whole time, and it's got all the evidence we ever needed to understand. Like, oh, this is or a better example would be the libraries of Alexandria, where there was so much progress that was made, and then this backsliding and this covering up, this you know, this earthing of the progress that happens. Like, I think yeah. that's probably a better. Well, I, analogy. I think to your
0: point, that's the entire reason for the rise of the lost cause narrative, right? Is because yeah. people forgot. They didn't write that down, and then something untrue became what was the narrative being taught, mm-hmm. and that happens far too often in our country.
1: But also to the uh, point of the divisive concepts, there is now the bill that is in Ohio State House and the legislature that wants to talk about how you have to provide both sides of the divisive concepts. So if you want to talk about where that could lead in current events, like this is why people in other states where these kind of laws have already gone into effect have essentially stopped talking about current events in the classroom because you're allowed to videotape your professor and if something you said might be offensive to you then you're allowed to turn them in because I think that was Ron DeSantis in Florida who did that but this is like the snowflake the the crowd that calls everyone a snowflake is the one that now cannot hear anything that might offend their narrative like you're talking about. But if you put the divisive concepts measure into place, they could say, well, it might be your opinion that they seceded because of slavery, but we just like to say it was because of sovereignty, right? It's, so the narrative can be played, and if you want to talk about a, te- a Texas textbook, I'm sure which version is going to be in that one, right? Yeah. So that's just yes. really a slippery slope in terms of everyone gets to have their own facts now.
0: It's a huge slippery slope and it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if you know this, Ron. Do you know that social studies is the only subject we don't have national standards for?
1: I yeah. listen, I am I oh my goodness. I feel like such a socialist when I talk about things in terms of nationalization and education because I it blows my mind why you wouldn't want to know your times tables at five, whether you're in New Mexico or Connecticut. You should probably get together as a consensus in these 50 states and say, what makes sense with the science available? When do the brains handle the multiplication tables best? Okay, that's when it's going to be, and that's it.
0: Look, you know, but schools still start at 7 a.m. when we know for a fact the way kids' brains learn and develop and learn. People like don't two care. Hours right? later, you yeah. know what? And what What more can we make the point about people caring about science? Obviously, we don't anymore as a people, right? So forget planning for school. Um, but yeah, this, this Texas thing, it's an absolute real problem. Again, go read the individual declarations of independence from the Southern States. They tell you why they're leaving in their words. And it is slavery that's what it is there are new two sides to that you know this it, it drives me insane and by the way this thing with not being able to discuss current events you know for all of these people who claim to honor and love the founding fathers my god stand in front of george washington and tell him what you want to do now we can't discuss current events in civics class you will be smacked across the face rightfully so by george washington Um, They would be appalled at this.
1: The the Dave Rubin safe space crowd has made an entire industry on saying that the left is trying to take away your ability to speak your mind. And that is exactly what they're trying to do. But in only one avenue, it's the one that goes against the narrative.
0: They're the same people who call, you know, people on the left sheeple. But if you dare have a different opinion, they call you a rhino. And their literal (laughs) phrase for Q is where we go one, we go all just like the behavior of a flock of sheep. So, you know, a, that's
1: right, you know, <laughs> right.
0: So, I mean, it's completely ridiculous. And it's the dumbing down of America um, is a dangerous thing. And I think our founders would be appalled at what is happening to our education here um, by right, the people right, on the right. right. And that's <laughs> yes. just what it is. And yeah. it's it's a shame. It really is like I I think this country is exceptional. I've said it already on this spot, you know, this this webcast here. And, but that doesn't mean it's perfect. That's what makes the United States so great is that we are an imperfect nation who is striving towards that more perfect union. And sure. we get there through knowledge, through, you know, saying, wow, that was a, a bad thing. How can we learn from that and make it better? That's what makes this country exceptional.
1: Yeah, and, no, and I take think that, that we've, have- I think we have gotten ourselves into a situation where we feel that if we aren't just strident and um, aggressive a- in every turn, and that if we, f- if we show one ounce of humility, that that equals weakness and therefore um, some sort of lesser value, that's where we've gotten ourselves right now. We have to understand that we have to accept our faults, learn from our past. We are doomed to repeat it. That's how <laughs> it goes. Absolutely yeah all right well absolutely. thank you very much man i mean this was a pretty good pretty good talk right here we're going to hopefully have some lighter fare in the future but that was really great i appreciate it
0: thank you very much and you know i was getting a little bit fired up there as i am want to do Ron. but uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it thank you very much
1: no problem have a good one you too